What's up, Beardos? You're listening to episode 116 of The Bearded Vegans. Basically, our whole philosophy boils down to, don't be a jerk. Don't really answer your question first. I'm not answering your question. I really hope people didn't tune in to hear us talk about beards. Welcome to the show. I'm Paul. And I'm Andy. And we are the Bearded Vegans, a podcast featuring a dissection of all things vegan. If you're just tuning in for the first time, you can find all of our previous episodes at thebeardedvegans.com. You can always reach us by emailing thebeardvegans at gmail.com. In today's episode, we continue our winter break retro film review series with an in-depth review of Peaceable Kingdom, The Journey Home. Yeah, I think this is the oldest film of this whole series that we're doing, that we're going to review. What are we talking, 1970s, 1960s? <laughs> 2009. Oh, okay. 2009. <laughs> Although there was an original version of this film that came out in 2004. In 1938? <laughs> it was originally a book. <laughs> but yeah, so for those of you that are just joining us for the first time, this is a, a bit of a, a departure from our usual episode, our usual format. We're doing a series of reviews of older vegan films, or films one might consider vegan, in that oeuvre. So if, if this is your first time, know that normally there's some news, normally there's some other stuff going on, but we're going to dive right into a review of the film. So with that said, Paul, let's get into our review of Peaceable Kingdom the journey home. We wanted everything to be safe. We wanted everything to be kind and loving. I get attached to them a lot. Some we would even name and stuff, and we shouldn't have. They were like a little kids almost. Then I had no idea that in the end, the babies would go for meat. It really drives home this breaking of the bonds between a mother and a baby. It's like you innately know that this is not right. Otherwise, I wouldn't feel so bad about it. I wouldn't feel so sad. This is a film where I don't think we're going to have a spoiler section, so to speak, because it's documentary. There's not a whole lot to spoil in this particular documentary. But going to read the plot synopsis from IMDb. Peaceable Kingdom, The Journey Home, explores the powerful struggle of conscience experienced by several people from traditional farming backgrounds who come to question the basic assumptions of their way of life. So, Paul, mm-hmm. I put this into our, our schedule because there were some films that we were going to be doing that I knew I wasn't particularly fond of the first time I watched them. And some of those I came around to like a little bit more. But this is a film that I've actually seen. I think this was maybe my fourth time seeing it. Oh, wow. So it's one that I am actually quite fond of. And I'm, I'm really curious to know what you think of this film. But I, th- I thought it'd be fun to put one in that wasn't, at least from my end of things, isn't just going to be me sort of crapping all over something <laughs> that, I, that I don't necessarily love or, or nitpicking the hell out of it. So what's, what's your overall impressions of this film before we get into the nitty gritty? Um, I definitely I enjoyed this. I think it it brought a unique perspective that occasionally other vegan films will will include one one interview about you know someone that used to be a farmer is now not a farmer anymore and runs an animal sanctuary or is vegan. And this film was just that the whole time and 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 which is good because it allowed it to go more in depth with those stories. So. 
Whereas before, you know, we got a snippet of the that person's life or that 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 story. Now we got a whole, a good hour. What was it? Hour fifteen. Hour seventeen. Hour seventeen. <laughs> Beautiful length of a movie. A good hour seventeen of that story. So I, I think that I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I think that it's it was an important piece of all of this. Uh, I think that you know these movies that take a more specific approach rather than a general, they, they can be very beneficial because they allow you to really, really go in depth into this specific story. Yeah. Yeah, I think that this film, and this film follows the journey of mostly people that were farmers. There is one sort of animal control, I forget where her official title was, but I think it was like Humane, Humane Police, Police Officer. Officer. Jinx. <laughs> Which is... Is there such a thing, Paul? (laughs) But follows the journey of these people who were very entrenched in the system of agriculture and then broke free of it. And so it it sort of explores their awakening or as Harold Brown, one of the farmers that's um, followed in the film, puts it, it's like coming home. And that's where the title, The Journey Home, comes from. Ah. (laughs) Right. And so, yeah, it's a very unique perspective because obviously that's not something that the vast majority of the vegan population has experienced. Mm -hmm. I I would imagine most vegans don't have any experience with agriculture necessarily. I would argue that you you don't need to have that experience to know that it's not that you don't think it's morally right to use and, and abuse an animal, of course. Yeah. But it is really interesting to see the people that are the most entrenched in it. So just like our, our last week's review of speciesism, where he talks to the FFA students in that, and you're kind of seeing people at the beginning of their, maybe not beginning, but perhaps middle of their sort of indoctrination to this mm-hmm. this system. And, and that's one of the reasons, I guess, why I wish we got more of that in speciesism. Yeah. But this one sort of does explore that a little bit about people sort of having that sort of compassion taken away from them or, or sort of systematically repressed exactly yeah repressed good good word paul thank you and and sort of seeing what was it that that made people sort of come to the light so to speak what was it that had them change their mind and while doing that while it's a film that's very much focused on these humans and their journey i think it's a film that focuses on the animals in a more effective way than i think any other vegan documentary that i've seen because i think often you get some you know you usually get horrible footage of what happens to animals and sometimes you get footage from a sanctuary there's a little token visit to a sanctuary and you and you get to see some animals that are that are enjoying their life well but this film really i don't know i don't know what the word is because i want to say humanizes but obviously that's not the word for this so species is w, Andy. <laughs> but it really just sort of puts it i i don't i don't know how anyone could watch this film and not be thoroughly convinced that animals feel not just pain but fear mm-hmm. and and joy and longing and sorrow and all of this complex range of emotions that humans also experience and just like our discussion about speciesism i don't think we it's it proves that we the animals experience it in the exact same way as humans do but it just sort of shows you that that level of emotional experience in the world is there and so for that reason i think the film is both heartbreaking but also hopeful it's enraging it's sorrowful but it also sort of shows the joy that can come with life and the joy of this sort of 
reawakening of people that were that were in this system felt like they more than probably anyone else in society didn't have a chance of escaping it because paul you or i when we go vegan we just sort of change what we eat we stop mm-hmm. going to the rodeo whatever it is but to them that's their livelihood yeah and for them that that is a whole different way of life this is what they are raised to do they focus a lot on howard lyman who 700 or 7,000 head of cattle and giant operations and making writing out checks for a million dollars he said and so for him that meant this giant change of of life and i think the fact that it shows that people that entrenched in the system can make the change it sort of shows that anybody has that capacity to make that change obviously there are there are obstacles for for people making that change that perhaps people in the film didn't face in terms of accessibility and all of those things that we talk about on the show but i think as far as like just being so deep down the hole of the system it, it's very hopeful in that regard so that that's why i feel this film is incredibly powerful mm-hmm. and and i wish it was talked about and recommended more and and i think so what you were just describing at the beginning of what you just said was you couldn't think of the right word but you're talking about the humanizing of of these animals and it makes you it it makes you empathize with them and i think what they do a good job of is you know some movies it's like they show the graphic footage some movies they show animals being happy this movie kind of juxtaposes the two where it'll say it'll talk about the like the the babies being taken away from the mothers and it'll show that but then it also shows and now look what happens when they're reunited or look mm-hmm. what happens when when the chick is allowed to live with is allowed to stay with the mother hen and it will like go through that so i think it does a great job of really nailing those points by showing both sides yeah and you know last week when we were discussing spe- speciesism speciesism when we were discussing speciesism I think we were saying like we were saying they're making these comparisons to humans about saying oh and and if this happens to the animal the animal gets depressed and 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 we know what it's like to be depressed and then it would show someone that's depressed and we we thought it was very exploitative of different different groups of people different types of oppressed people and this movie doesn't do that but they still make you feel those same yeah they still make you feel the same emotions they still make you feel like Oh, this these animals are experiencing this this extreme sadness, or these animals are experiencing this joy of being reunited, and they didn't need to make those human comparisons. So I think last week we were wondering, is it possible to do that? And I think you know this movie maybe it's not the exact same thing, but I think it's in a similar vein as to what we were talking about last week, making you feel these emotions. Yeah, I agree. I think that that isn't something that came to mind when we were watching Speciesism, but this definitely shows how we can sort of accurately convey the range of emotions that animals can feel without necessarily saying, look, it's the exact same as my father who's in this situation and this person this person who is depressed and, and all of the things that Speciesism felt it had to employ. Mm-hmm. This just sort of laid it out there and yes, there was some narration, so to speak, over you know some um, some voiceovers from from some of the people that like this playing while there's footage of these these animals being reunited or feeling sorrow, or whatever it might be. So it's kind of telling you, I guess, how you're supposed to interpret it. But I think in general, you can watch that footage absent of that that narration and still grasp 
what these animals are feeling. Plus, I think some of the some of the those scenes needed setup. Like if you just saw a calf running towards it. That yeah. their mother you wouldn't necessarily know that they were being reunited after being apart for so long yeah and so let me say that that scene so there's this scene where there was sort of a hoarding case and all of these sheep were separated and a lot of them were like the adults got separated from the children and then they were reunited and the, and the footage of this trailer coming up and opening up and there's footage of these baby sheep coming out and they showed the mother sheep waiting for her child and it makes me tear up it's like it's (laughs) heartbreaking when you see the mother realize that her child is not in this shipment of 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 babies yeah and and it shows that they recognize they're young that all the little ones are running past this one mother and going and finding their mothers and some Mm -hmm. are going to mothers that aren't theirs and the mom's like get out of here and to me, that scene alone is is worth recommending this film to people because I think it just makes you feel so heartbroken for something that so many people can relate to. And it's just so sad. And then the moment when they're finally reunited, I, I personally felt so much joy in that moment. <laughs> I was so happy yeah. for these animals. And I can't really think of another documentary that has instilled that feeling within me just from watching animals interact with each other. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've seen a lot, obviously we've seen plenty of documentaries where, Oh, that cow is very cute. And that it's really fun watching the chickens peck around. And, but this documentary has some footage that is priceless to me. Yeah. And, and I think invaluable to our vegan advocacy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and on the other end of that spectrum, I, you know, it's like, Andy and myself, a lot of the movies that we're watching are, at this point, the movies that are coming out these days are a lot of health documentaries. So I haven't seen graphic footage in a while. And they did have, they had quite a bit of graphic footage that I would say is pretty extreme. And then there was a couple scenes of the animals being killed. Yes, I think, but there wasn't really a lot of blood necessarily. And they do in one scene that I think is the most affecting where they show what seems like it must be considered humane, small farm kind of slaughter of these two um, baby goats. Yeah. And they do strategically cut away from that, but they leave the sound mm. and it's it's terrifying to watch. And it's it's the film is both graphic. It's graphic without being graphic in the the traditional sense do you know what i'm saying like like it's it's hard to watch but it's not for the most part gory i think that there was some there was some pretty intent that there was that moment but then even even after a cutaway then it comes back to another goat having the same thing happen to them and then when they lay that goat down you see both the goats you see the aftermath and that's pretty bloody yeah. Uh, it, uh, to me, that was the bloodiest. It was definitely and maybe the bloodiest. One of the only real moments of blood. In I the think film. it was. Yeah. I Aside think from like the debeaking, there was some blood that, there. That and, was pretty. I mean, that's. And they showed the castration of the pig, which was really hard to watch. Yeah. I, that, I looked away there for sure. So there were, yeah, there were definitely some parts that were hard to watch. I I, I do agree with you though that it wasn't constant. It wasn't that wasn't the whole movie. Yeah. And I think the ones that they, I think that if you were going to have, if you choose to have those graphic images, I think they did it in a, in a 
constructive, I guess, const- I don't know if constructive is the right word, but I think the way that they put it together was effective. Yeah. And I know that we have gone back and forth so many times on, is it appropriate to use really graphic images? Is it is it disrespectful to the animal? Does it turn people off more than it opens them up? Is it just a moment of temporary outrage? Is it sort of a moment of debilitating outrage if it's super graphic? And to me, I think that I can say that this is an example of an appropriate use of, of graphic and depressing footage. I think yeah. because it both shows the 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 I want to say humanity. <laughs> it shows the side of animals that we're not used to seeing and it also offers you moments of hope and levity and clarity as to like what is going on in this world that to me this this is a film I would be comfortable recommending to people to mm-hmm. watch. But with that caveat of, I would say to people, just so you know, there is some hard to watch footage within this film. But I think if if you ever expose yourself to this type of footage in your life, this would be the time to do it. And I think it's it's the 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 times that they show those scenes is always people explaining, like the people either explaining what's going on with them or explaining because I think the ones the real real graphic ones it was saying that the people that they were interviewing were talking about when they witnessed the slaughter happening for the, the first time or, or they really watched it for the first time and they were talking about how powerful of an experience it was for them. Yeah. And then it shows it to you. So I think it was, it was, it wasn't just random footage. It was in line with what the, the, the people that they were interviewing were talking about. Yeah. So it, it made sense that it was in these, these parts. Yeah. Definitely. Something that I wanted to bring up, Andy, something that I think was a, 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 a reoccurring theme throughout the whole movie was the, I guess, the indoctrination or the, I think you referred to it at the beginning, the, the repression of emotions that all these farmers were talking about and how I think there was a, a quote that one of them said that it's like, you can't, you can't survive in this business if you're weak. You kind of just have to... Yeah, I wrote I wrote that down. That was from Harold Brown, who said, "The last thing you want to be is weak. Weak farmers don't survive." Yeah, and 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 it's just I I think it's the way that they frame this is so powerful that at the beginning, towards the beginning of the movie, when they're talking about the the a lot some of the farmers talking about their kids and how they would get attached to the to the animals, but then one of the the mothers was saying she told her son. Like it's okay to be sad about this, but you can't ever let that show. And it was kind of just fostering this from a young age to kind of harden yourself and and push down these emotions and 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 then that combined with the the quote that you had just read, it's kind of like it, it leads these people to to just become you know, completely walled off from how they would otherwise feel about doing these horrible things that they're doing. And, and I think it was, I don't know, it's, it's an important perspective to get because, you know, a lot of times we wanted, it's, it's easy for us to demonize the people that are working in these industries, but then you learn like how these people were brought up and that they were brought up to just keep ignoring how they're feeling and pushing down feeling like this is wrong and you can you know it, it makes you sympathize with them a yeah bit. 
Yeah, and and these are people that even on a small family farm, which is, you know, some people obviously consider this to be better, they still go through this regardless of the size of the farm. And and arguably on the smaller farm, they get to know the animals a lot yeah. better before they have to kill them or send them off to slaughter. Yeah, one thing that this movie that I was happy that they did that some of these other movies seem to have trouble doing or they seem to have trouble finding the arguments against it is this movie really hit hard on there's no humane way to to kill an animal even on these small farms even on these humane farms even on these organic farms at the end of the day you're still taking the life of another living thing and we don't have we don't have the right to do that and they really I, I, I felt like they hit that point home and that's something that for one reason or another feels like a lot of these other movies they make a lot of good arguments against industrial farming or factory farming or big agricultural and they don't make arguments against the small the smaller guys yeah yeah I thought they really effectively explored that as well bringing it back to the 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 quote that we you just brought up about weakness uh, spoiler alert, we're recording these super out of order, and the one we just did before this was our Ferdinand review. <laughs> and it made me think about how sort of weakness and masculinity were big themes of that film as mm-hmm. well. And I think that less apparent in this film, but I think it is something that sort of explores what does it mean to be strong? And to be strong, does that mean to stand up against this system? And face the things that, th- that these farmers talked about, which was losing friends. I thought this person was my friend, but once I stopped being a farmer, they stopped talking to me. And I guess they yeah. weren't my friend anymore. And and you don't know what it's like to have your family turn your back on their back on you, and you don't you know to be alienated, which is something that new vegans experience all the time. I can only imagine how much worse it is if all of your friends, if your community are other people engaged in the same system of animal agriculture, and all of a sudden they see you as this aberration or as someone that's doing something counter to their interests. And and I think the, the film does explore what does it mean to be strong. And, and my livelihood is at risk if I decide to feel differently about this. But I'm going to push through. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was Sherry and Jim at Maple Farm Sanctuary, where I've been. And it's a lovely place. <laughs> I've, I've seen those llamas. And, and just sort of being like, we can't do this anymore, but how do we do it? And then their friends were like, whatever it takes, we're going to help you figure this out. And yeah. we're, going to, we're going to just do it. And just knowing, I don't know what the future holds for me, but I'm going to stand up because this is something I think is, is morally right to do. And sort of, so that wasn't like an overt theme, I guess, but it's something that permeated the whole film. And I think there's a lot of great lessons to be learned there. And it was on that same note, it was good the way the film was set up to see people's progressions because for a lot of them, it wasn't just, I'm a farmer and boom, now I run an animal sanctuary. Like yeah. for a lot of them, it was, they were taking, they just, they would explain. They know they they felt wrong about one piece of what they were doing. They felt wrong about killing the animals. So now they're just uh, goat. They, now they just milk the goats. But then they start to feel wrong about having to sell the goats. And so now they're not going to sell the goats anymore. And then but now they just have these goats that they have no income to take care of. So it was it yeah. was it was very real. You know, it 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 wasn't just. I woke up one day and realized this was wrong. So now I, I run an animal sanctuary. It's like. The way that they set it up, you know, it, it felt more relatable. Obviously, yeah. not in the specific situation, but just relatable in the sense of 
you start to realize little things that are inconsistent that you're doing with your ethics and you start to change the little things and they start to kind of become bigger and bigger things. And so you just keep making changes. And I think that's very relatable to, to people that often go through a, this journey. Yeah. Yeah. They it's just sort of like on a grander scale, but I did, I did like that they showed this sort of realistic progression mm-hmm. that people had to go through. So yeah, that was definitely just a, a, such a refreshing aspect of the film. How do Andy, how do you feel about the fact that they don't really, they don't, then this film does not tell you what to do. Mm. It never says, Go vegan. Go vegan. It never says, think about what you eat. It never says, you need to consider where your food is coming from. It just kind of says, here's what is going on, and here's a few people's journeys and what the realizations that they came to. But it never actually gives any recommendations about what to do. Obviously, I think going vegan would be the thing that most people would think of. But I left the film wondering, are these people vegan? Well, I know for sure Harold Brown is, um, and Howard Lyman is, and pretty sure Jim and Sherry are vegan at Maple Farm. But yeah, they don't ever really explicitly state that. I hadn't thought about that. And normally I'll ding a film <laughs> for not giving explicit what now instructions to the the viewers. Yeah. I, I, part of me thinks it's okay because I think that people at least where we are Andy and myself where we're living at the time right now most people I think would make that assumption that oh this movie is saying I need to stop eating meat this movie is saying I need to stop eating eggs and not just because some other movies what from what they say you might get the impression oh this movie is saying I need to stop eating factory farm raised eggs I need to start eating I need to start eating animals that are humanely raised. Like some movies that don't have the explicit uh, instructions, you might. Some people might make that that assessment from it. But I do think that this one, people would leave it, even though it does not say you should go vegan. I think the majority of people would leave this and be like, "That's what this movie wants me to do," or that's the conclusion that this movie is drawing. And and the reason that I think that is because is partially because and again I think that this is something the movie did so well was it, it they tackle they tackle the big agriculture they tackle the small agriculture they tackle the philosophy behind just we 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 should not be able to just use animals just because we can doesn't mean we should so I feel like they've they haven't hit every single objection that someone could have against veganism but they have kind of backed you into the corner of this is the kind of logical next step from after you gather all this information. There's no weaseling your way into humanely raised meat or something like that. Yeah. Well, I think to, to sort of answer your question quickly about whether they're vegan or not. So this was put on by tribe of heart and I just sort of was looking over their website as you were talking there. And I don't find the word vegan necessarily on the website, but they've certainly done several documentaries that I think people would consider to be vegan and they have a educational website on they do humanemyth.org and the thing that they promote is what they call holistic nonviolence and and their sort of definition of that is 
It is about being unwilling, directly or indirectly, to take part in violence, to profit from the harm of others, or to willfully ignore oppression. It is about refusing to intentionally take away the dignity, bodily integrity, freedom, or the life of another individual, no matter how they may differ from ourselves, be they a fellow human or a fellow animal. So it's not saying vegan, but certainly the only thing that could fit into that, I think, would be veganism. Yeah. And and there, it is cool to actually break down the sort of three types of nonviolence. And they have non-participation, which is passive nonviolence. And examples are refusing to take part in discussions or actions that marginalize vulnerable individuals or groups, um, supporting ind- businesses and institutions that do not engage in racist, speciesist, sexist, homophobic, ableist, xenophobic, or other discriminatory practices, purchasing goods produced in accordance with fair trade and fair labor standards, choosing food, clothing, and consumer goods that are created without using or killing our fellow animals. And there's like a number of things and they have uh, active nonviolence, which is, which is activism and visionary leadership, which is creative nonviolence. So, so yeah, it's safe to say that they're vegan and what they're attempting to promote is veganism, but it appears that they're sort of their path is to say, we're not trying to give a specific label. And actually, uh, reading through this stuff, they do say that everything is kind of, it's not about being perfect, but it's about sort of getting as close to the ideal of holistic nonviolence as possible. I get behind that. I, I feel like I'm, I'm into that. I'm definitely yeah. into that. I thought when you first said that, I thought that was going to be some Ahimsa milk <laughs> bullshit. But No. It's the real deal. No, that's good. Something else that I really liked about this film... I love that it sort of explores these areas we don't get to see very often. It really conveyed for the animals the horror of participating in a cattle auction. Mm -hmm. I thought that that's something that you don't really hear people talking about very often. But but seeing the fear in these animals' eyes as they're sort of just thrust in front of this large crowd. They don't know what's going on. They're trying to escape, and people are hooping and hollering. There's a guy talking 10 10 million miles an hour. (laughs) Yeah, and and just how, like, horrific that was. And, And it really does, in just what is, for many people, very mundane aspects of of this business showing just how abjectly horrific it is. Mm-hmm. I think another another moment was that I thought was incredibly powerful was the moment where there was the chicken farm that got hit by yeah. the tornado and 12 of their 100 or so buildings got struck and it was determined it was cheaper just to kill all these chickens than to transport them to another building. And they dumped them all in a big dumpster and, and sort of gassed them and obviously a few are still alive. And I think aside from the shock value of that moment, it really hammers home without necessarily saying it directly. This is the value of a life in this system Mm -hmm. that it's easier to kill someone than it is to save their life in this system. And to me, that should be horrifying to anyone vegan or non-vegan. And additionally, that, that scene was injected around surrounding when that humane officer was talking about her difficulties in going to these places and not being able to do much because the practices that they were doing which are horrific are legal yeah. so i think the scene that you just described was in in that context so in addition to what you were saying i think the viewer also gets the impression of wow this just because this stuff is legal it's still awful it's still terrible so it it gets you to question it gets you to question the, the the argument that well if it if it wasn't okay it wouldn't be legal yeah definitely yeah at, at first when watching this film I think really every time 
I question the addition of the 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 animal control humane police officer character. Yeah. Because they are kind of she is kind of out of place. Right? Eh. And and they're talking about like animal hoarding and I'm like, yeah, that's bad, but that's not really part of the systemic issue that we're trying to address here. But then when it leads down that path to say this is someone that thought they could do good and they they're going about it in the legal way and they realize they're still being held back in any truly significant way that they could help these animals they can do a little bit they're basically applying small band-aids to this giant gaping wound that is this agricultural system mm-hmm. and and that is i think incredibly powerful yeah that was definitely very powerful yeah so andy yes paul the question who is this film for and who should we should we be promoting it? I, I think you've already answered that second question, but I think it's for everyone. Honestly, yeah. I, I think that it's something vegans can get something out of it. I think non-vegans can certainly get something out of it. That's a rare that's a rare uh, gem then, because I think a lot of these movies are clearly for one or the other. Yeah, but I I do agree with you that I found myself again. I think it's because this is a perspective that. I am not familiar with it's stories that I'm not familiar with. I find myself getting a lot out of it as well. And I think it's super important because you had mentioned this, I think at the close to the beginning of this episode, when you said, you know, even though this isn't most vegans currently are not former farmers, but I, and that's true. But I also think on the other end of that, I think most people, most people that object to veganism are also not farmers, but sometimes they'll kind of use the, you know, oh, you want to put a farmer out, you just want to put farmers out of business, or what are you going to do with all the farmers? And I think that this is kind of a good way to to handle that. To, it kind of squishes that debate to be like, no, like farmers can can make these changes as well. They can realize that what they're doing doesn't match with their ethics. It's It's not you know the end of it's not the end of their business or i mean it is the end of their it's business literally they, the end of their yeah, business but it's not the end of their you know their you i know don't what I'm trying to say? yeah i do but i i think that it certainly means the end of a lot of their income i mean the life of a farm sanctuary owner is one that i think is constantly scraping for for money yeah. and funds and donors so but but a powerful message nonetheless yeah 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 so something I just I just kind of wanted to address this thing because I knew about this sort of, but I knew that there was two versions of this film, and that there was Peaceable Kingdom and then Peaceable Kingdom: The Journey Home, and I never really found straight answers as to what exactly was going on with that. And I had heard that the filmmakers sort of developed a more abolitionist stance, and that. Or maybe they had it all along, but some of the people that were in their documentary originally were doing things that they felt were not in line with that school of thinking. Mm-hmm. And and because of that, they decided to cut them out of the documentary and film other people and stick them in their place. Hmm. So, so the original version was from 2004. Because, yes, this film does look dated. And honestly, that's kind of the one thing that really prevents me from feeling like... I need to scream this film from the rooftops because it doesn't look amazing. Like the aspect ratio is not your typical aspect ratio from, from seeing like a film in a theater or on a flat screen TV now. And some of the, the, the music choices 
are a little hokey, I suppose. Feels like feels like Enya or something. I was gonna say it feels like like they're pushing Christianity or something like that. It feels very new agey, and and that's kind of the vibe of their website and everything. Yeah, and so I, I think that I yeah I wish this was made just feeling a little bit more modern and contemporary. And just just like some hipster guitar music or something that you'd see in like some <laughs> Kickstarter promo video instead of this very like Enya-esque yeah. kind of music, I think would would probably open it up to a whole new generation. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's kind of a minor nit to pick, but I think that people already view veganism as this hippy dippy kind of thing. And and this film doesn't like it does, but like on its surface level doesn't do any favors to that particular image, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, by the nature of who they're interviewing, I think that I didn't get like a real hippie vibe yeah. from any of the people that they were interviewing. I got like a legit farmer vibe from yeah, them. just down home, just hanging out with cows in the field, yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. So anyway, that was a bit of an aside, but anyway, and anyway. Uh, outro music here we come do you think there's a ska version of an Enya song somewhere Skenya Skenya (laughs) so I'm just going to read this thing because I was sort of looking it up on the internet and actually there's a a question that's answered on the IMDB page so I don't know if this is something that they sort of seeded in there and answered themselves or what but I thought this might be an interesting little factoid for those that are following along and are curious about this film and its progression. I have not seen the original version, and I would like to, but I have not been able to find a copy. Not that I've looked incredibly hard, (laughs) but as far as basic searches on like Google and YouTube and all those things, hasn't yielded too much. eBay gold. Got to go to the dark web (laughs) for this one. So, So this is a question on the original 2004 film's IMDb. It says, why is this film no longer available? And what is its connection to Tribe of Hearts 2009 documentary titled Peaceable Kingdom, The Journey Home? And the answer that they give is, released on February 29th, 2004, Peaceable Kingdom was pulled from distribution by Tribe of Heart on July 7th, 2005, due to an irresolvable ethical conflict between the filmmakers and one of the film's subjects. In the years that followed, what began as an effort to quickly revise and re-release the film evolved into a more extensive project. On September 26, 2009, the filmmakers debuted their new documentary titled Peaceable Kingdom, The Journey Home, which offers a more nuanced exploration of moral conflicts experienced by those who grow up in farm culture, as well as rare footage depicting the family bonds and emotional lives of farm animals. It also includes five new film subjects, former farmers Jim and Sherry from Maple Farm, Willow Jean Lyman, and animal rescuers Casey Mel and Jason Tracy, the stories of two of the original film subjects, former farmers Howard Lyman and Harold Brown, are also included and expanded upon in the new film Peaceable King of the Journey Home will be released. I guess that's why, who was the last one? Harold? Harold Brown. That's probably why there's scenes where it looks like it's two different you can tell there's like more than one interview yeah. location. It also, I mean, it also looked like the interviews with Sherry spanned like a number of years because I think she had different haircuts yeah. in some of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting. I'd be really curious to see because this this description says it offers a more nuanced exploration of these things, and I wonder what that first film was like. And it said they added five new people. There wasn't a very large cast in this movie, so yeah. adding five and they only kept well, they two removed people. people. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Is this, that a, is this an exclusive? The originals 
were like Gene Bauer and Farm Sanctuary. I believe those are the people that got Ooh, removed. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so because because when you first described what it was, and I thought it was like minor changes, but this just sounds like it's mostly a new movie, with, almost an entirely yeah, new yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's very interesting. We'll have to, any, if anyone out there has that that exclusive 2004 Peaceable Kingdom on VHS, yeah. go convert it to DVD and then send it to us. <laughs> Just film it on your iPhone and send it over. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the original cast on this 2004 MDB page says Gene Bauer is the first person, Laurie Bowston, Jamie Cohen, Jerry Cook, Peaches Gillette, Jim Mason, Peaches Gillette, Jesse Seif. So all of these are names I don't recognize. Maybe some of them were smaller people, smaller characters in this film, smaller roles, they're not not characters, (laughs) but yeah, I'd be really curious to know what the original film was Yeah, and, and see if my, my views change on its overall message. I wouldn't be surprised if it maybe doesn't hammer the whole humane meat does not exist thing home. And, and it just kind of more so tackles bigger farms. That's entirely possible. This is of course, based on no evidence, pure speculation. I think that's what we're best at, Paul. (laughs) So I think that's all the thoughts that I have on the, on the film. Yeah. Yeah, So definitely let us know if any of you listeners out there have any thoughts or opinions or comments or questions or disagreements with our take on peaceable kingdom 2009 (laughs) the journey home the journey home and yeah you can always email us at thebeardedvegans at gmail.com hit us up on the instagram or on the facebook page yeah and you know what paul yes andy this is episode 116 so that means in four short episodes we'll be doing another mailbag episode so send in those questions let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Yeah. Ain't no question too big, too small, or too medium. Ain't no question. Ain't no question too big, too small. God. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cold in this apartment right now. <laughs> so, yeah. That, I think that's all we got to say about this. Uh, Paul. So, yeah, it's been a while since we've subjected ourselves to some pretty brutal footage, mm-hmm. some really depressing footage. There was a lot of shocking moments in this film although again tempered by moments of levity and and hope and joy Mm -hmm. and stuff the thing that shocked me the most though yes was there's this shot of the sheep in a field and they're all minding their own business and one of them just turns and looks dead in the camera like jim from the office (laughs) and in plain human english (laughs) says the following seven words we are the bearded vegans signing off What's up, Beardos? You're listening to episode 116 of The Bearded Vegans. How's it going? Right. In today's episode, we continue our winter break film review series with... No, 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 no. No, no, no. Wasn't that character... Characters. Wasn't that woman... Didn't she start off, though? She was... Wasn't she at a farm too or something? Or she was at a sanctuary or something like that? I don't think so. No.
edit this out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I think that until I, I guess I wasn't even thinking of this film when we were walking, wa- walking, <laughs> Christopher walking. Uh-huh. Uh, 